Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Well, here we go again with the, let's see, what number is it now? We are in season two. I believe this is episode number four. I'm excited about our guest today. But before we get to the guest, just a couple little highlights. Um, We are now uh, basically transitioning from holiday to holiday. And if you're in the school business, you probably are understanding that holidays are, I don't know, I guess what's the word, can be a very fun time, but can also add some stress to an administrator. And so one of the things that I just want to challenge administrators around the state of Michigan is when you're thinking about holidays, think about how many different people are coming at you from your community. And I can just speak freely about my community. I have all different religions and I have different races and I just have holidays mean so many different things to different people. And I think it's critical from the administrative lens that we try to understand all of our different people that are coming at us from our community. And if we do that and we do it with fidelity and we do it with a caring mindset, then the holidays can be a very happy time. With that being said, that's my little soapbox. And now I'm going to introduce our guest this week. Our guest is Ryan Schrock. And let me just intro him real quick. So Ryan is an elementary principal. He is in the great city of Traverse City. He's also a husband, a dad, a district leader with elementary health and PE, and he's part of the Traverse City Administrators Association. He's definitely a champion for kids. And Ryan, welcome. I am excited to have you on. How are you? Hey, doing great, Ben. Really appreciate you having me on. And we are looking forward to this. I, the first the first thing is, and this is not going to be part of the eight questions in eight minutes, the first thing is, how is it living and working where so many people vacation? <laughs> that is the uh, golden question. You know, we love it. You know, the, here's what I really love about where we live is during the winter months, or I should actually extend that to the school season. So when school kicks off, it's about mid-August for me and September for the kids. You know, it, this is not the most popular place to be when the weather's cool, which is wonderful because that's a perfect time for our families to really go and enjoy a little a little time on the beaches and the woods, uh, kayaking and, and doing some, some boarding on the bay. It's pretty busy in the summer. And so it, the summer really becomes all about finding the place that nobody knows about. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I absolutely bet. Yep. So I, I love Traverse City and um, I look forward to getting there every single year. But it's, you know, it's one of those things where you get to work where so many people vacation. Hey, so let's jump into some questions. This is going to be fast, hard hitting, ready to go. Or how are you feeling? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Awesome. Question one. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Question number one, Ryan, how did you get to your current role? You know, it, <laughs> I, I kind of chuckle because uh, I would say that I'm here because of a whole thousand different reasons. I think I come from a family of educators. I married uh, a wonderful woman. My wife is also from a family of educators. And so I think it's always kind of been there in the background, even though I think when I was little, I mean, I wanted to be a farmer when I was growing up, like, oh, I just want my own farm. And then I wanted to be an architect or an engineer. And then, and then right before I graduated from high school, I was thinking, you know, I just, I want to be an artist. I want to create. And I think what's, what's interesting is at, all along my path, 
The short answer would be creativity. I, I think I'm where I'm at and I got to my current role because I've always wanted to look at at what I do with a creative lens that that says, you know, what we have is great, but what could we do to be better? What could we do to improve and and really think about continuous improvement? And here I am. I started my teaching career in Illinois. I've taught in the public sector. I've taught in uh, in the charter schools, and then a lot of risk taking along the way too. I mean, a lot of creativity comes with uh, great risk. And so, um, you know, risking leaving the classroom, which was terrifying. I loved being in the classroom, but it's terrifying to, to leave that and think, oh boy, am I going to be able to make an impact on a greater population on a, on a larger scale? And, uh, and it's been so rewarding. Very cool. What a cool journey that, um, that we all have. And, you know, just finding out a little bit more about your creativity is very cool to hear. Hey, so let's jump in. Question number number two, best advice you've ever received? Oh, okay. That's going to come from my dad. And I, I'm going to say he probably didn't make this advice up, but we, I, I, he has a couple of one-liners that he would repeat over and over again to the point where you just said it. So this was very literal. Um, we heated our house uh, with a wood-burning stove. And so we would go out and help chop and stack the wood. And he always told us, you know, I'm the oldest of, of four and Three of us are in, are in education. My youngest, my little sister is a nurse. Uh, so we're all public servants. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that uh, we would go out to chop wood, and of course, you're complaining because you're a kid. And um, he would say, he who chops his own wood is twice warmed. And I always, you know, at first we just, okay, well, dad's going to say it. He who chops his own wood is twice warmed. But what that really meant was work hard because there's value in doing the work. And then the work pays off in the long run. You actually, by working harder, and that's something that I've, I've spoken with teachers and even my students about, um, it's really not about working smarter. It's about working hard. People who are successful in this world are successful because they've worked hard to get to where they are. I, I haven't met anybody that said, I got to where I am because I'm really smart. Yeah. I mean, it's just rolling up your sleeves, that's right? It. Yep. Dig in, roll those Dig sleeves. Uh, and you know, what I like about that story that you just shared about your dad is that um, he probably repeated that enough that it just became ingrained in you and in your siblings. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, it, to a point where we, we would tease him like, okay, well, we're going to get bumper stickers. It's, and we're, you know, <laughs> we'll have t-shirts at Christmas time, dad. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Question number three, let's go a little bit more personal with you. Two things most people don't know about Ryan. Wow. You know, I'm a, I'm a pretty open person. I mean, I would say I could, you could probably ask any student in my school and they'll tell you I like oatmeal raisin cookies and red licorice. Two things that I'm, if my wife is listening, I know I'm not supposed to have those, so I will not eat them, I promise. Um, but boy, two things people don't know. I guess one is that my favorite place to be is underwater. But not scuba diving. Like that freaks me out a little bit going that deep because my ears hurt and I don't know how to do that. And it, maybe someday I'll learn. But, but really like snorkeling and, uh, and just being right below the surface where the sunlight peers through and unveils this quiet, hidden place. And it, the wonderful thing about being underwater is you, can, you could be there. You could go anywhere. Like you could be in a lake in Michigan. I'm one of the Great Lakes or Inland Lakes. But you could even in a swimming pool or... The bathtub. I haven't, I haven't really snorkeled in the bathtub since I was three, but, but being underwater, is there's a, there's a really serene, peaceful feel to it. Oh, Another thing about me, people don't, okay, this one, I'm, I'm going to regret telling you this because this is, 
This is like the deep, darker inner secret that I don't know if it's something that I want everybody to know, but I, I'll be okay with it. I actually really want to learn how to crochet. And I, I say that because it's fascinating to me that there's a pattern that you can, you can sit there and, and I just see people all the time. When, when you see people crocheting, they're in conversation, it, they're connecting, it's relationship building, but they come up with these, these incredible articles of clothing and material with these incredible patterns. And I'm, there's that mathematical part. I taught math long enough that I'm like, okay, I've got to know what that pattern is. And uh, so I think that's one thing I want to learn how to do. Well, you know, it doesn't completely shock me when you say it because you've mentioned so much about creativity. Yeah, that's true. So that's, that's true. You know, but that it's it, you know what? Those are two things that are I bet most people don't know about you. So I I appreciate the share. That's sure. excellent. Okay, next question. Okay, this is you don't actually have to fix it, but I'm very curious what you have to say. An issue in education that you wish you could fix. Issue in education, I wish I could fix. Um, boy, it, there's a lot of small, specific pieces of what I think we could do better. But but let me give you my overall view of, you know, after, after being in this business for uh, almost 20 years, what I'm noticing, and it's not going to be a surprise to anybody, but it's that policy really doesn't support reality. We continually look at and watch educational policy and we talk about reform and we talk about and talk about, but we never actually see reform happening at the speed at which kids need it. You know, we, we have kids who need help now. We have kids who are absolutely desperate and vulnerable and at risk for not being successful. And to see policy being passed that doesn't it almost feels like some of the policies that, that we are up against, and it should never feel like that policy should work for us. But when we, when we feel like we're up against a policy, it, it makes me question what kind of research was looked at and how, how that was taken into consideration. So I always, I always kind of look back and think about, boy, the process for what I'm trying to accomplish has trumped the purpose. You know? Well, I think you know, what, what you're saying, though, is so true that – too many things take way too much time. It does. It, it, the, the system the system just gets bogged down. And so many of our students and our teachers, we just need, sometimes we just need things to move at a more urgent pace. And, and I don't necessarily think that we should um, not have it vetted and not have the, the data support it. But that sense of urgency just doesn't always seem to be there. No, and it and it has to be. You know, we have we have amazing educators in the state of Michigan who are doing everything they can for the lives of kids. They're they're literally saving kids' lives, and um, and I, I just I always think to myself, you know, we you and I are, are are two principals who try to remove those roadblocks and we try to think creatively and find solutions. But boy, there's that ur- sense of urgency that you mentioned that, that often it's hard to rise above that sometimes, you know? Very true. Okay. Okay. Let's switch, uh, switch it up a little bit. Ryan, have you ever been to a wedding? <laughs> That's a great question. So people who know me know that I've, I've actually owned a DJ business longer than I've been in education. That's how I, I put myself through college. So, you, so, so I've been to probably, so you are the, yeah, I've probably thing. been to about you 700 wedding. weddings or so easily. <laughs> well, so, you, so you've been to yeah. all these weddings. Most of the time you go to a wedding and if you get to choose dinner, oftentimes there's, uh, there's choices like chicken or fish. So I guess I'm just going to just going to lay it out there for you. Which one are you picking? Chicken or fish? 
So, okay, so here's the, that rogue part of me that's going to be creative and say it's it, the choice I would want is not on your menu. I would, uh, I'd actually prefer the, the veggie. My wife is a vegetarian. I'm not, but boy, have I, I've come okay. to really appreciate vegetarian dishes. And I think there's, there's a lot of vegetables that, that I, I didn't have as much growing up that I really enjoy now, like an avocado. I, I can't believe how much I enjoy avocados. Wow. Well, I, you know, I, there again, I'm learning more about you, but, um, I, I think the one kicker in that entire answer is that you are the wedding. <laughs> so, so you've got that. It could, be. it could be, you never know. I could be, I could be at that okay. next one. Okay. So Ryan, we got time for, we got, we got about 60 okay. seconds. We're going to wrap this up. One last question. Someone in your life saw leadership qualities in you quite possibly before you saw them in yourself. Who was that person? And if you had a chance to say something to them, what would you say? Um, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick three. And uh, that's going to be my, my two brothers and my sister, Jason, Eric, and Lindsay. Jason is a principal at Howell High School. Eric is a PE teacher and is doing some leadership in Howell as well. And my sister, Lindsay, is a nurse out in Phoenix. And I'll tell you, I believe they've always, you know, I think that comes with being the oldest in a family is that there's a leadership quality that your mom makes you do. Like, okay, take your brothers and sisters outside and play with them. And, um, but that never felt that growing up. That, that happened, but I always, I always admired and, and loved being around my siblings. And I, I truly believe I'm where I am today because they've pushed me to be better. And I think we've done that for each other as we're growing up together. What a cool bond. And you know, whether it's your story that you, that you talked about your dad and, and his one-liner, the creativity aspect of your family and, and having a family of educators and then going full circle and basically saying that your brothers and your sister really helped, helped kind of nudge you into leadership. It's you, you definitely are a family man and you're somebody that um, clearly strikes me as family matters families first. So I have really enjoyed our conversation. And if someone wanted to get in touch with you, what is the best way that they could contact oh boy. you? The, you know, the, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Memspa chat is one of my favorite things to do every Thursday night. And if I can't participate, I'm at least trolling. So uh, looking me up on Twitter at TC Ryan Schrock, and that's R-Y-A-N-S-C-H-R-O-C-K. That's probably the fastest, easiest way to get a hold of me. Awesome. Hey, well, thanks again, Ryan. It's been a blast having you on here and getting to know you even more. And I am going to be in Traverse City in just a few short weeks for MEMSPA 2018. So I can't wait. I hope that uh, I bump into you there. But uh, once again, thanks again for coming on and sharing your story and sharing so many insights in education and and basically helping move our profession forward. Absolutely. Thanks Thanks for having me, Ben. Well, thanks again to our guest, Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag Memspa chat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.